Hello? Yeah, we're here. We are here. I don't hear the music, though, but we're here. I I turned it off. Oh. It's off now. All right. Well, uh, ladies and gentlemen, again, welcome to the Side Journal. This is your host, Dennis Holmes. I am here with my co-host, Sharon Mullen, the chocolate girl. How's everything, Sharon? Everything is lovely in the neighborhood up here in North Carolina. All right, that's good. We have a special guest in the building, Miss Victoria Jones. How are you doing? I am doing great, guys. How are you? We're doing fine. We're doing very, very fine. Um, You know, I'm glad to have this interview with you. Uh, I was introduced to you by Sharon. Uh, I know y'all have such a strong connection. Me, I was just getting to know you. Um, We've been talking, you know, in the pre-meeting before. But one thing I wanted to ask you was, um, exactly when did you become a sports fan? I grew up a sports fan ever since I can remember, probably since five, like diehard Cowboys since then. Um, I love all sports. It'd be basketball. I watch golf, track, field. I watch everything but baseball. And I watch baseball if it's the World Series. But okay. I, I just love sports, man. Can't play them, but love them. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, did you grow up in North Carolina? No, actually, I was born and partially bred in Long Island, New York. And then my mom and biological father got this bright idea to move us to the country, to the eastern shore of Virginia. And that's where I grew up at. Okay. All right. That's cool. And you became a Cowboys fan out of all the teams that's around, you know. You know, and it's funny because I'm from New York, so people would think that New York, nope, but my mom is diehard Cowboys. My dad, God rest his soul, diehard Cowboy. My brother is a diehard Cowboy. My brother is such a diehard Cowboy that my nephew is named after Miles Austin, who was one of our receivers. Mm. Wow. So, uh, like, even when we had my dad's funeral, it was lined up with Cowboys. We had cowboy colors for everything the flowers the wreaths the jerseys all of that was made with cowboys we die hard wow that's crazy don't get no now more my, die now, hard than that my my dad's a die hard cowboy fan uh my grandpa got rested so die hard cowboy fan and my uncle got rested so die hard cowboy fan um and yeah i was i was the eyeball out i mean i made my decision around like six years old it was the eagles cowboys game half my house was eagles other half was Cowboys. The Eagles pick. ended up beating the Cowboys that day, and that was the day I became an Eagles fan. Oh. Now, I didn't I didn't realize till I got older that most of the women on my side were Eagle fans because of Randall Cutting. I didn't realize That's that until right. I got older. Yeah, exactly. You know, you gotta support our black QBs, man, and he was one of of the first. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's I love Dak Prescott though. You know, I, I like I like that Prescott. Um, I think we overpaid him, but that's my opinion. I do. You know, you're paying him like Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson has won a Super Bowl. Russell Wilson has gone deep in the playoffs. Russell Wilson has gone to two Super Bowls, like I said, won one of them. Could have won the second one had Pete Carroll and them not played that stupid game because they didn't want Marshall Lynch to run it in. Neither here, neither here nor there. So, you know, I just don't I, – I love him. Um, like I said, I support all my black QBs. Um, but, no, I, I just – I think he's good. I just don't think he's there yet. Mm, 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 and that's just me being honest. It's my opinion. I know my other Cowboys fans will be like, you're not a true – yes, I am but I don't have to agree with everything that goes on with the team. That's right. Wow. They prepaid him, is what you're saying. Wow. They prepaid yes. him. They, they prepaid mm-hmm. him, and he hasn't done enough to warrant it. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think he has. Oh, why? I, I, I'm a real big Dak fan. It's, it's, it's kind of weird that I'm so much of a Dak fan. I really didn't want y'all to pay him, to be honest with you. I wanted him to go somewhere else so I could love him a little bit more. But... Uh, I, I, he really, to me, I felt as though like he um, he did as much as he could do to make that team better. Like, <clears throat> there's a lot of Cowboy fans out here that's 
still deadly in love with Tony Romo. Oh, and I hated Tony eyes, Romo. I thought he was garbage. Yeah, in, in my eyes, he's better than Tony Romo. But he if you is talk better to, than Tony Romo. I mean, he was way overpaid to me. I agree. And, I agree. And I, that's why I said in my eyes, if you you look back at it, it's, it's still some Cowboy fans out here to this day that think that Tony Romo's better than that. I know. I, yeah. I've come across him. And I, I, I don't think that Tony Romo, I think Dak has a, definitely a better IQ than Romo. He has a better arm than Romo, more accuracy. He can maneuver in and out of the pocket. But I just feel, I just wanted him to, for me, take me farther in the playoffs. I get so tired of us getting knocked off after the first round. Don't tell me, oh, we had a bye, so you made it to the second round. No, you had a bye, so that don't count. You got knocked off the first game you played. So I just want to see him do more. I think last year he would have had a great year had he not gotten hurt. If you look at his numbers and what he was putting up before he got injured, but I just feel like, like I said, it's just my opinion. I just want him to show me a little more. Okay. Uh, and we need, and, and a lot of it, you know, our defense, you know, our defense is horrible. Our secondary is garbage. Shake, shake a little shake. <clears throat> but um, let me let me get back to you. I can't keep going these cowboys. Let me let me get back. Let me get back <laughs> to you. This this interview is about you now. Um, I, I know that you are uh, an entrepreneur. We we actually love entrepreneurs here. Um, when did you start your entrepreneurship? I actually started it in 2018. Wow. Yes. So what was yes. the first uh business you owned? Um. My first business I owned was for V, um, for v LLC, and I had a DBA doing um, called for V Life Coaching because I was a life coach to um, professional athletes. Wow. So wow. that okay, I'm gonna let you go ahead, keep going. Right. So that's where my start um, came in at. All right, that was, that's nice. So who was the first like one of the athletes you had? One of the couple. Because of confidentiality, you can't say who it is. But certain uh, of them will tell it. But I can't sit and say, oh, so-and-so and so-and-so, because we still have to follow the same ethic codes of that confidentiality just because of the things that we talk about. I, I do I understand. But from, but from uh, your life coaching and your first business and to now you owning a basketball team is, you know, pretty amazing. Now, how did you get into that business? It was a journey. And, and you know, I, I, I have to say it started with, um, in North Carolina, we actually have a pro basketball team called the Raleigh Firebirds. Um, and Wade Harris is the owner of that team. I was fresh out of school that, um, for coaching. And um, a friend of mine, Chuck, was like, asking me, you know, what I was going to do. And I was like, I want to work with pro athletes. He's like, Oh, you know, we have a pro team in North Carolina. No, I didn't know that. And he introduced me to Wade and Wade gave me an opportunity to work with the team. Um, and when I started working with the team, things started progressing. So um, I started working with the team in 2019. And then um, just before, in December of 2019, he came to me, he was like, hey, do you want to get become certified in financial literacy? I was like, of course. He was like, well, the league is going to pay for it. Bet, even better. Um, so, sure. in, so in February, I became certified in financial literacy. But um, and then, you know, COVID hit. So everything shut down. Um, the, the league shut down. Everything shut down for me. And then in about July 2020, the owner of the league, Miss Evelyn, who I, I, I love to death, she called me, I love the life, I should say, not to death, but she called me and she was like, hey, I know you did the course and, and, and you got certified. I was wondering if you'd be interested in being a director of the financial literacy program that I want to start for the league. I was like, of course. I was like, of course. So um, she's like, and it's going to be you and a code um you and Aaron, he's going to be, you two are going to be co-directors. And I was like, great, perfect, love it. And so that progressed and I put the curriculum together. Aaron, he backed off. He no longer wanted to be a part of it. And I stayed apart and she was like, you know what? 
you have to be the vice president. She's like, that has to be your title. Um, and that's how I became the vice president of the financial literacy um, for the league. And so then I, 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 I met my significant other and he was like, yo, you know, you should have your own team. I was like, hmm? <laughs> he was like, yeah, we should start a team. And I was like, okay, if you want to do it, let's do it. So <laughs> I, I called Mr. Magley um, and I was like, I know somebody who wants to start a team and, and he's like, where? I was like, in Tallahassee. He was like, oh, okay. And so I was talking, I was like, I'm going to be the, one of the co-owners. It's going to be me. And he was like, done. Wow. You got it. And it literally went like that. Just blessing. That is, that is, that's, that's definitely amazing. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's definitely amazing. Um, I'm, I'm glad to hear that you actually own the team. Um, this, this is actually a real good interview. Now, and and tell everybody the what starts. the name of your team is. What's the name oh. of your team? My, the name of my team is the Tallahassee Southern Kings. It's myself and um, Damian Jackson, who's my significant other. He and I are the two co-owners of the team. Awesome. Go ahead, Dennis. That was my only question right now. No, no, no. I was, I was going to ask her, when does the league start? That's what I was going to ask her. Well, we're finishing up now. Um, we're in our semi-conference, um, semi, um, our, semi -conference, our finals. So our season will start next year in April. This year didn't start until – actually, our season will start next year in March because it didn't start until April this year due to COVID. But next year we'll go back to our regular time and we'll start in March, and that's when our team will be um, debuted then. That's when okay. we'll play our first game. Okay. Now, do you uh, do you have players already on your team, or you don't start yet? Y'all have a draft. We we haven't started. We're gonna. Well, we're actually going down because the league is having their first summer league, um, and it's gonna okay. be in Vegas uh, during the same time as the NBA summer league. So that's cool. Um, so we'll be there in August. August 8th, and I'm also going to be um, holding up some financial literacy workshops at the same time. I'm going to be doing that, and we'll be down there, and we'll be um, recruiting players um, then, and we'll have our first combine where we'll recruit players in September. Wow. That's great. That is great. So uh, in the summer league, you just watch players play, and then you realize which ones you want in your team? That's pretty, pretty cool. much. That's pretty yes. cool. It's like, like a nice recruiting progress. That is nice. Yes. That, that is nice. Um, another thing I wanted to ask you um about the uh the the, the league. How long has the league been in existence with Miss uh, Evelyn? The league with Miss Evelyn. So the league started back in I want to tell you it was either 2016 or 2017. And the reason why I get it, because the league at first was attached to something else, another league, that league went under. And you have to hear Miss Evelyn's story about how she created the league. Um, you'll always hear her say it's a God-given vision. Um, and so the league started in 2000, I want to say 17 per se. And we it had four teams, 2018, it had 12 teams. 2020, the league grew to 30-some teams during COVID. Wow. It, it, it almost tripled during COVID. Next year, it'll have 45 teams right now. Mm -hmm. Set up for 2022. That is, Looking at the that website, is, that is that's, that's true. It's, it's around 45 teams. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now, um, now, again, back to your entrepreneurship. During your entrepreneurship uh i would say life uh what have been some of the struggles that you've been through oh man the struggles have been one getting your clients two believing that i could do it you know i i i'm sharing those me i'm very i'm very strong-willed but when you're venturing out on your own and it's just you because i was single at that time and it's just you the fear is there, you know, it's not easy because you still got to eat, you still got to pay your mortgage, 
you know, you still got to pay your car payments, but here you are with this, this new, this new baby. But my attitude was, if I can go and make them rich, let me put that in myself. So that was the struggle of getting that self-confidence up to myself. And I came up with the model of, I'm tired of asking them for a seat at their table. I'm going to create my own table. So once I got over that mental block of, I can do this, it just went from there. And I just never, I never gave up. I was working two jobs and I want a lot of people to understand that even though you start your business, it doesn't mean that you quit your job because your business has to become self-sufficient where it can sustain you. So I literally would go to work at 7.30 in the morning, get off, might have meetings with players at five o'clock, 10 o'clock at night to do it all over again. Sometimes I'm out and I'm meeting with agents and I'm meeting with coaches and with athletes, people don't understand their schedules are so crazy. So an agent might call me and say, hey, all the agents are getting together. Hey, come on out. And it's like 10 o'clock at night. So at 10 o'clock at night, here you are out, but you know you got to be to work the next day. But your drive, your determination makes it so that you don't care. You, you're going to do it. You have to be willing to grind. You have to be willing to sometimes put in 16 hours a day. And that's what I had to do. And I was blessed with my sons who was always motivators for me. Mommy, you got this. Mommy, you can do this. Mommy, if anybody can do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. That's definitely beautiful. I know what you mean about that wanting to seat at their table. Like, there's been times I've been at the job and it was like, I, I felt as though I was upset that I didn't get a certain position that I wanted, you know, or I didn't move up the ladder like I should have. Like, like you'll be sitting there and, you know, you didn't move up to a certain spot on the ladder, but then the person they put ahead of you don't know nothing that they're doing. And it's all because, you know, they know the family or something like that. And hey. now you missed out on the opportunity to help the company out. And you like, well, why didn't I get that position? You And you beat yourself up about it. Until you start realizing, you're like, you know what? I gotta, I gotta get out of here. I just can't be here. I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Exactly. And then you factor if you're a black woman, you know, they say we're angry every time we voice our opinion or we say something or we disagree. We're angry black woman. No, I'm an educated black woman, and I'm not gonna just agree with everything just because you said it. Don't mean that it's right. right. Mm -hmm. I'm not angry, you know. And I, and I look at it from this standpoint and I try to preach entrepreneurship to everybody, to my sons of this young group. And I tell them, I said, when you are not an owner, somebody is dictating where you live, what time you can spend with your kids, mm. when you can take your kids to the doctor, mm. when you can go to your kids game, what, how much you're going to eat, when you're going to eat. That's too much control for somebody to have over your life because they're controlling your mm -hmm. life and your kid's life. And you're going to best believe they're going to make sure that your kids cannot go to school where their kids go because they're not going to pay you that much. You're making them rich and they're dictating. You got to ask them permission to take your kids to the doctor because he's sick. Right. And if you, and if you take them to the doctor, now you must have a note from the doctor. Exactly. You, I, you, you need uh -huh. evidence. Exactly. I got to, I got to ask you permission to raise my kid. No. You are definitely right about that. Man, you right. put that right on the nose. Mm -hmm. uh, Sharon, you got anything, Sharon? I'm, I'm kind of uh, stuck now. She, she hit home on that. It's got to make you, make you, make you step back a moment. Right. You? Make take about so, it. I don't know if I'm going back to work now. Now she said that. <laughs> <laughs> what would be the number the number one um i don't like to use the word thing because that's so vague but what's the number one thing for lack of a better word i can think of at the moment that you held on to when you were starting out as an entrepreneur what was the one thing that you held on to that helped that um that you would recommend others hold on to 
in order to be successful as an entrepreneur? Your why. Your why. You take your why, you put it everywhere that you go, you have your why written down. So that when things get hard and you go back and you look at that why, it re-motivates you, it regenerates you. So ask yourself, what is your why? So visualization is true and it's important to you. Would you, yeah. you say definitely. that, Victoria? I, I would yeah. definitely say that because you know you can have an idea, right? And it's just an idea when you're thinking about it. But when you start to write that stuff down, it becomes powerful. You start to give it life. Got you. So that's why you need them both. I have cue cards that I have written down. And I, and I say, I am creating generational wealth. I am creating a legacy. I am successful. Speaking those things, hearing it come out of my mouth, to go to my brain so that it registers to me. You have to constantly encourage yourself, have faith and belief in yourself because if you don't have it in you, you can't expect anybody else to have it in you. Okay, got you. There are a lot of people out there that allows fear to cripple them and hold them back from realizing whatever their dream is, whatever their why is, what advice would you give them to overcome that so they can do what you just described? The best thing that I can tell you to overcome that, sit back, look at your paycheck, and you see what you're getting paid. Ask yourself, what is your true value? Because if he's willing to pay you $50,000 a year, what is your true value? Your true value is at least triple that. When you ask yourself that, you'll help come over your fear. What is your self-worth? My, my, Damien says this all the time, know your worth. And if you know your worth, then it helps you overcome that fear fear because you know what you're worth so that fear kind of the goal goes to the back you know you can't have fear when you know i'm worth a million dollars then i can't have fear mm. thank you okay what what brought you to uh the basketball league that's the name of the league that that the talent has the um, team will be under what brought you to that particular team what brought me to to that, that league? league yeah that league miss mm -hmm. evelyn miss evelyn magley you know god leads first in this league we can use god say god pray we can do everything we don't have to be ashamed and for me, that's huge because if I, I tell people all the time, if I can't bring God with me, then I'm not welcome there. And with this league, we do so, and it's not just about the players playing basketball. It is about developing these players to be great, not just on the court, but most importantly, off the court. Mm -hmm. It's a hashtag, a different league because it is a different league we our goal in, in this league is to make sure that our players our coaches become better our tmos become better because we want them to go to that next level we're a feeder league we want our players to only play for us for a year and go overseas go to the g league preferably go to the nba you know, we're not about bottle capping them, but we don't want to just send them off. We want to make sure they're developed. We want to make sure they understand financial literacy. We want to make sure that they understand how to present themselves. We want to make sure they understand to know their worth. You know, so we're about development. Each one of our teams has its own chaplain. And we're not telling anybody that you have to be 
affiliated with God because we respect everybody's everything, but that door is there for you. You know, they welcome having life coaches in the league to work with these players. Okay. That sounds that's such a positive message. You you there's a quote from you on the website, on the league website that says um, that you, you say the, the financial literacy and personal development program is a key component of the player's personal development. Talk a little bit more about that and what role it plays. Why is financial literacy so important? You know, financial literacy is so important, especially to our people, my culture, Black, and people of color, because we aren't taught finances. Life teaches us about finances. Mm -hmm. I want these players to understand what money means and how money works for them and how it can work against them. And until you understand money, you cannot grow because your money is going on different things. Like one of my analogies that I always give my players, I'm like, you will go and pay $500 for a a pair of AirPods versus taking that $500 and owning a quarter of a share of that stock. How does your money work for you? We don't understand that because we haven't been taught that. Sure have. Preach on. We have not. You look at, you look at a lot of the athletes, especially the black athletes, they make millions of dollars. And once they come out of the league, they're broke. Why? No financial literacy, no personal development. I always say, I work off of this, faith, family, transparency equals your victory. And the reason why I say that, because it all goes together. That's part of their personal development. If they don't know who they are, because most athletes, all they know is that particular sport that they're in. No, you are more than an athlete. Who are you? You've got to understand who you are. You have to understand that financial literacy. How does your money work for you? Most of our, most of our players in our league have a regular job and they play and they get paid in our league. What are you doing with that money that you're making in our league? Because that should be your money that you're using for investing. That should be your money that you're using to pay down your debt. But if you don't understand how to invest, then you're not going to do it. Who teaches it to us? The main part of, of your financial literacy, would you say it's more about having how money can work for you or is it more about saving? Because those are two different concepts. It's, it's, so and just, it's, I mean, just, just to know what is it primarily focused on for these players? For me, I. You hit the mute button. You hit the mute button. I apologize. My phone was ringing. It's okay. a whole, right. it's a whole <laughs> concept. It's, it starts with the financial psychology. Because if you don't start with the financial mm -hmm. psychology and for them to understand what influences them to spend their money, what motivates them to spend their money, then they don't understand, you can't get them to the savings part. So it's a whole curriculum. Gotcha. So you got to start with the financial psychology. You got to make them understand what motivates them, what causes them to spend their money, who influenced them to spend their money, when did it start? So you start there. Then you can go to the credits and the debits so that they can understand the difference between that credit card with that interest rate versus this credit card with that interest rate. So you take them, it's a whole process. Mm -hmm. So the savings is important, but how can you save if you don't understand how you're spending your money? Yeah, and then you with the credit cards, not only do you have to look at the interest rate, the rewards exactly. programs that are exactly. attached to them can work for you so well. I, You know, that's one of the things that's always been like a murky area for me, the rewards and how they work. But I know people who lived off their rewards 
when they were going through a hard time during the recession, recession way back in uh, 2008 to 2010. They and, and some of the reward, so, you can pay your credit card off with it. You can right. use it to pay towards your with credit card bill. With the reward. Oh, let, me, let, me, let me ask a question. It says we don't know. Let me ask a quick question. I'm going to let you go right back, Shane. So what would you say is the best credit card to get when you're starting your business? I'm going to tell you the best card to get is who, whatever bank that you're affiliated with, because you have to have your business account. And I tell you to start with that bank, get their card. And the reason why is because you want to establish that relationship with that bank. So when you walk in there, they know who you are. You build that relationship with them. So when you need things, guess what? They're more apt to work with you. But if you go over here and get this card over here, they don't know you. Like when we went to go get our business card, we set up our bank with um with our, with who we use and we go in there now and it's like we wanted to set up our get our card and they were like, Oh, you're gonna have to come back another day because they didn't know who we were. But when the person who set us up, so she was like, Oh no, you come on in, come on in right now. We're gonna go ahead and take care of it. So you get your credit card through the bank that you have your business set up with. They're going to tell you the best card to get. They're going to give you, they're going to tell you which one's the best rate. They're going to tell you which one has the best rewards because you have that relationship with them. You have that rapport. All right. Thank you for that. So even in financial literacy, relationships is, is important. Yeah. Especially when you're talking about creating your own table. Like yes. you were saying earlier, yeah, we, we tend to ask for a seat at their table, but their table is already established. So you just need to let them know, let them see you from their table. But then you're, you're using whatever relationship you have with that table to create your own table. Am I, am I hearing you correctly on that? You are correct because eventually, guess what they're going to ask you for? A seat at your table. Your that's correct. Mm -hmm. And that's the ultimate right. goal. Stop asking them for a seat at their table. Create your table. And I promise you, they're going to come and ask you for a seat at your table. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's really, really important to learn. Um, is it ever too late to start with financial literacy? No. No. I, I am 48 years old. And I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. I'm she don't look at still learning. She don't, let me just say, y'all, she doesn't look a day over 30. She, I just want to make that sure point. Don't. But go ahead. <laughs> I was no. surprised when you told me that she had two kids that was my age. I was like, I did not know she was that old. <laughs> I am. I am. I am 48. I will tell you, it is not too old to start your own. It is. It's never too late to start your own. It is never too late to get financial literate. And even when you become literate, you still learn things. Like, I was like, oh, a lot of people don't know you're supposed to pay yourself first. Mm -hmm. How many of us pay ourselves first? Nope, we pay our bills first. Pay that's yourself true. first. You I, always pay pay, I always pay myself last. Nope, mm -hmm. and that's why you never have anything. Yeah. You ever wonder why I'm getting the crumbs and everybody else is getting the bolt? You pay yourself first. If you decide, you know what? If I'm making $5,000 a week, I'm going to pay myself 20%. So I'm going to pay myself off the top. Then I'm going to pay everything else. So when you pay yourself off the top, then you start to understand what money you have left to do things. But we don't do that. So where does where does living within your means come to play in all of this? Living within your means. Here's where I'm going with that. You were talking. You were just talking about paying yourself first. So let's just use your 20% example. So if I'm earning five thousand dollars a week, I'm going to pay myself 20% of that every week. Then that means eighty percent of that is what needs what I need to live off of. So That's my right. bills, my living expenses, don't need to total more than that. 
Exactly. Am I hearing you correctly you on are that? Hearing me correctly. Okay. Because mm-hmm. if you, you so when you're dealing that, with these athletes and you have to talk to them about their means, how does that conversation go? <laughs> it it <laughs> can be entertaining. It could be entertaining because <laughs> a lot of it, and you know, people think, oh, these guys don't want these guys love this information. They eat it up because who thinks about paying yourself first? Nobody. And understand what living off your means are. That 80%, so that means that 20% that you paid you, you're not touching that. That's in your savings account. So when you make them see it from that standpoint, it's like, so you mean I can put up, if I'm making 5000 a week, I can put up like 4000 in my set? Yes, sir. Because your 80% is supposed to cover everything else. But we're the other way around. And it's just getting them, it's retraining them. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're not taught, and I tell them education is the key. As long as you're uneducated, I can always manipulate you. Mm. It's when you become educated, I can't manipulate you the same way because now you're looking at me sideways like, hmm? wait a minute, that don't make sense. Now you're starting to question things. Got you. And that, that's what they're not understanding. It's like, even when you go in to negotiate your pay for a job, if you don't know your value, you're going to get underpaid. I've been underpaid a lot. Mm-hmm. Because no I didn't mercy. stop to think about my value. Why self-worth? Yeah, where did where did where did where did we meet, Victoria? We won't talk about that. But yeah, hey, you know where right. we met. <laughs> exactly, underpaid, underpaid, right. undervalued. You're right, but overworked. Mm-hmm. That's correct. That's you right. know, and it's That's so right. easy when you're when you're uneducated, and it doesn't mean that we're dumb because we're not dumb by absolutely no means. But when we were growing up, we were taught go to school get a job go to school mm-hmm. get a job yeah. nothing in between there nothing and it was so much in between it's like we got the two slices of bread but none of the meat and vegetables that go on top of it in between it mm-hmm. and it's so much more and that's what I get the players to understand it's more to get a job go to school and get a job. Well, let me ask you another question. Um, do you discuss the importance of insurance? Yes. Life insurance in your is as part of your curriculum. We talk about life insurance, car insurance, health insurance. <laughs> mortgage insurance we talk about all of it and let me explain why because people don't understand the value of insurance especially life insurance most black people we don't have life insurance that's a waste of money no it's not that's a burden that you're taking off of your loved ones yes it is correct we don't have adequate car insurance because i don't want to pay all that money okay you go out here and you get in an accident and your policy can't cover it, guess who paying? Out your pocket. There you go. That's right. You don't have we the know proper- about that too well. <laughs> too well. Don't we? <laughs> you, you don't have medical insurance. Do you know how important medical insurance is? Dental yes. insurance? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I make them understand that's an investment. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you never need it. It's one of the best investments that you can ever make with your money. I knew a, a while back, I can't remember how long ago, I don't remember what pro athlete this was concerning, but that was the first time that I learned that many pro athletes don't carry insurance of any type. Like they didn't have, it was, it, it was, it was something, something happened to them medically. And for some reason they didn't have medical insurance. And I was like, wait a minute, doesn't the league provide that? I don't think they do. And that's when I first learned about that. And I was like, what is going, I didn't realize that. 
And um, it just, you would just think if you're making $30 million, here I am, Sharon Mullen, making X amount of dollars, struggling to pay for health insurance, and you making $30 million and you just choose not to? I don't understand it. Be because one, they think I got $30 million. I don't need it. I can pay for my stuff, but they don't understand. Medical bills can make you go bankrupt. Yes. One, uh, they're one accident or one condition away from losing all 30 million of those dollars. Period. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and especially if they have like a, a catastrophic chronic illness. Exactly. It really can be worse. And, and no one can predict, can predict that. No. You know, and then they could get no. injured. We always talk about athletes and the risk of injury and that could cancel everything. So then what? That, and that's why when I, when I start working with the athletes, the first thing I tell them, let's focus on life after basketball because tomorrow is not promised. What is that's your plan? Cool. What's your plan B? And if you got a plan B, then now we need to work on C and D and E. Yeah. Cause one, one of the best examples out there is uh, like, Jamal, <clears throat> Jamal Mashburn, you know, how successful he is, and Shaquille O'Neal, you know, those guys, uh, they got exactly. in the businesses and, and got their money making money. Your money is supposed to make money while you sleep. As a matter of fact, while you've been talking today, I have been thinking about Shaquille O'Neal a lot because these were lessons that his mom told him and his stepdad told him about his money especially yeah. his mom he talks about it now <clears throat> how his mom told him you don't need to go out here spending all that like that no you don't have to do that this is how you do it and he says he has said in interviews listening to his mom that was the main piece of advice and he is so glad he listened to her and he followed yeah and, and now you know, I, he has this legacy his children are set for life his grandchildren are set for life, actually. Unless exactly. they squander it, they're set because of exactly. the choices that he has made now. That's generational wealth. And you can't be, you cannot be proud of that. You, know? you cannot. You know, mm -hmm. I stay on my sons. Um, I've always talked to them about credit. Live below your means, not above your means. Mm -hmm. I stay on them um, about that. Because it's important. And I wasn't taught that. I mean, my, don't get me wrong. My parents did a great job. Mm -hmm. But it was those, those key things that they didn't teach that I said, I'm going to make sure mine understand this. Mm -hmm. I, I, had that, I had that conversation with my sister. She got, you know, we, we had a, a, a big like conversation. Cause, you know, my grandma owned a restaurant when we was young. You know, uh, Nappy Nikki yeah. Soul Food Restaurant. She owned the restaurant when we was young. And my sister was like, well, why didn't nobody teach us about getting LLCs as we was growing up and the importance of owning your own business with an LLC? I said, I don't remember nobody even talking about LLCs that until I got about 20 years old. Mm -hmm. I, said, I said, nobody we hung around talked about LLCs. People talking about having their own businesses, but nobody talked about the importance of the LLC. Because right. the LLC protects your personal. So when you go to sue me, you can only sue my LLC. Right. You can't right. touch my personal stuff. Personal. Mm -hmm. But that goes back to insurance and people don't understand. When you start owning businesses and things, you need to have what the, it's a, 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 like a balloon type of insurance where it's a million dollar policy that you have like that's on your home and stuff. And the reason being is because I come to your house and I know you got businesses, right? I trip and fall. Guess what? I'm going to sue, I'm going to try to sue your business. Mm -hmm. But if I have enough of my homeowners, guess what? You just touch my homeowners. You're not going to mess with the rest of it. And you, Taking know, that. and you know, Victoria, what's so funny is that most people don't understand how inexpensive a balloon policy is. They don't. It's so they inexpensive. It's, it's like renter's insurance and uh, rental car coverage. Those two things are so inexpensive. And people are like, what? You mean for this much a month? I could have had that? And, but, and they're stunned when they realize it. But again, nobody's, it goes back to education. Right. Yeah. Goes back so, to that education. 
Nobody's we teaching need that. More Victoria class. Jones in the world. We need more. Right. Of That's exactly what we need in How schools, not just the world. In schools, they need How to start teaching create... this in schools. Like I think geometry needs to be taught in school, but this stuff I... here needs to be. I am trying to get this program into schools when I um in Tallahassee, um because that poverty rate is 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 horrible for us. So I, I that's one of my goals when I get out there is to try to get this program into the schools. And people think, oh, you start with high school? No, 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 no. You don't. The start younger with you start, uh-uh. the younger you start with them, the better off they are because they no. can start going home and teaching their parents. You know, I tell people, they they look at these athletes and they're like, oh, they're making all of this money and I don't know how they squander it. Well, if their parents, they're making more money than their parents have made in their whole life. Matter of fact, they're making more money than their whole neighborhood made. How do you think they're going to understand how money works because ain't nobody there to teach it to them? So you got to start when they're young. Because and, then, and then you got to remember, a lot of people, I'm, I'm one of them. Once they start making money, you know, they start getting things that they always wanted as kids. Mm-hmm. And that's, so, that's, that's the foolish that's hobby point. that we have. Yeah, that's, that's the, and the thing is, when that desire for that thing that they never had supersedes any form of discipline that's needed. But and see, that's the thing that the discipline, you don't even think about the discipline that you need to have in getting those things. All you think about is the fact that you've never had it. And you always you, since you're now 30 years old and you're finally able to get it, to but you, it, to the person, it, it feels like they've been waiting for 30 years to get it. That's it, their discipline, but that is it, not it. it. It is not. And, it's, you know, you got to go even farther back and you got to think about, you know, in our culture, we're taught that what we have determines who we are. That's our status. Mm-hmm. That's who you, that's how you represent yourself. And that's really not true. That's how you get in debt. That's why they're saying keeping up with the Joneses. You know, I tell these athletes all the time, Y'all will go out and buy a Beamer. Y'all will go out and buy Mercedes. You go buy these all these high cars, and all they do is depreciate. Go invest in a house, something that's going to give you money. Yeah, there's a lot of people. Stop putting who, your money. Well, you, there's a lot of people gonna... who, who rent homes driving around in a Mercedes, but they're renting their home. Exactly. You living in the pro- you living in the projects, but you pulling up with a Benz. I'm confused. I'm confused. That, that confused me so much when I was younger. I didn't understand it. But if you wanted to see anything that you haven't seen before, go to the projects. That's that's all I knew. Twenty two inch rims. Hood rich. You're hood rich, but you have nothing to show for it. Because that car is not appreciating, y'all. That car is depreciating. All that car is going to do is take. That's it. Them Jordans you buying, mm-hmm. they, they do a lot take. of flossing. They do a lot of flossing. But flossing doesn't give you a future. And exactly. that's what I always say. Flossing doesn't give you future. It's like I, I, I tell people, you know, go buy yourself a, a home. Get a home. But don't go and buy this. Go buy a foreclosure. Do you know why it's important to buy a foreclosure? If you buy your house as a foreclosure, as soon as you sign your name on that paper, you put some paint on the wall, some new appliances in, guess what you've built? Equity. Equity right there. And, and you know what you can do with that equity? Because they don't want us to get educated. Our kids got to take out all these loans and all of this. No, go borrow the money from yourself. Go take out a home equity line of credit. Send right. your kids to school. So when you're paying somebody back, you're paying yourself back. But you're, edu- you're getting your kids an education. And I ain't got to ask you for nothing. Again, I'm creating my own table. Mm-hmm. I'm not begging y'all any longer to give me a seat at your table. No. I love and it. That, that's where we it. have to get. Stop asking for a seat at their table and and and, and I, I you, you know i tell damien all the time he like because he's always saying know your worth know your worth know your worth and it's so important does damien does he have any like brothers that's single does he you know he does friends? 
That's well, that things like that's you know. This is the yeah. side you know, not the love connect. That's okay. Things. We'll we'll talk afterwards, Victoria, because I, I need speak, somebody in my life of, like that. Damien has been a blessing to me mm -hmm. because I've been doing this entrepreneurship <clears> by myself. Don't get me wrong, my sons, they be in my corner. They be mom, you got this. But it's nothing like that significant other that believes in you, encourages you, and be like. Babe, do this. Babe, hey, what you, what you, and, and so that further solidifies that, you know what, I got this. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you as, as a single, as single parent, then as you can relate, I was going to say single mom, but you're a single dad. And, and, and as a single parent, our children, I tell you the blessings and the motivation and the encouragement that we get from our children Whew. is just unmatched. It's just a match. And I tell you, that little boy, my son, who's now 27, be 28 on Tuesday, he um, has motivated me and carried me through some dark times. My own yeah. son, you know, he didn't yeah. know it. He never knew it. Because, you know, as parents, we don't let them, we don't burden them with that caring. Right? Exactly. But exactly. for us on our insides, they give it to us. They carry us. And I, I tell you, they're so important. But it's good that you found a significant other. It seems like you guys vibe and you're marching. When you guys look out the window, you see the same things. And I yeah. always say that that's the kind of man I want. I want a man I can stand in the window with and look out and we both see the same things. Yeah. That, that is beautiful. That we is have the, the, the same vision. And, you know, and I tell, especially us as Black women and Black men, we always got to see ourselves, and Damien says it too, king and queen. That's your king. That's your queen. Your kids, if it's a boy, that's your prince. Your girls, that's your princess. Start teaching them that from day one mm -hmm. so that they know what they're going out there um, yep. to look for. You know, for a long time, it's just been me and my sons. Jan, you know this. Um, I know. Your beautiful and, sons. That's what I call them. You have some beautiful sons. And, and they love their mama. <laughs> you know, th those have been my ride or dies. You know, those mm -hmm. are the ones like my mom. Hey, yay, you got this, mom? Like, don't, mm -mm, you got it. You know, and that was my blessing. That right. God's gift to me were those boys. Because when mm -hmm. I wanted to give up, they wouldn't let me give up. They don't let you. And shout out to my son, my son, Daryl. He never lets me give up. He's my biggest cheerleader. I believe in you, mom. You can do anything you want to do. I've seen you do it. I've seen you overcome. Yes. And, you yeah. know, when you can, when you can <clears throat> show your child that you can, you never give up and how you fight through things and you. Uh, what message are you sending now? Achieve things. The message that, yep. When you see that and you see the. You can, it's revealed to you, back to you in their words, nothing like it. Nothing yes. like it. Yes. Like, but Dennis, we don't have much time. I want you to get to your questions. Well, let me, let me ask one first and then I'll get to that. Now, how did you two ladies meet? First <laughs> man in your company. We used to work together. We worked in a, in a claims department for an insurance company and auto claims. Wow. And I worked on the injury side and she worked on the property damage side. But when you came, didn't you do rental for a minute? Was that you? Mm -mm. Or did you do, you, you just did property damage. Okay. I did, yeah. just property damage. She was on the property damage side. I was on the injury side. Yeah. And we became good friends. Love yep. me some Victoria. <laughs> and I love me some, look, I love me some Karen. We, I mean, we, we, we've always had good times together. Mm-hmm. You know, it, and, it's nothing uh, we, like. We're similar. We're similar people in that we love hard, we work hard, we play hard, but we also don't take, don't take no crap hard. We, we just don't do it. We don't, we have little tolerance for, for crap, for crap. That's where we are. Yes. <laughs> and there were mothers of sons and i know that connected us too yes and y'all both big sports fans both big sports all day both big fans. sports fans mm -hmm. yeah. yep 
I don't know how much good friends y'all would have been in '96, but y'all both good sports fans. You know what I mean? Yeah, we would have still been friends, but just wouldn't have been friends during the season. <laughs> That's right. We would have been a friendship divide. See, see, this is me. I'm a Steelers fan. Everybody knows I'm a Steelers fan, but I love the Cowboys except for when they play the Steelers. That's exactly. just the way it is. When you play the Steelers. I don't know who y'all are. I don't know you. Exactly. I don't know you. <laughs> I, I, like, I like the Steelers because we got a head coach. He's black. I support all my black. Oh, my God. the Cowboys. He's, hey. He's, sorry. Is, not your friend. Tomlin is not hard to look at either. Woo. Exactly. But anyway. <laughs> not but he's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent coach. So, yeah. yeah I, I root for the Cowboys, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I root for that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm I definitely for that. I'm definitely. I'm all for that. that. I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for that. But but with you uh, with you being a Cowboys fan, I do have to ask these questions now. When did uh, I do have to ask you again because this part of the question process? But um, who is your favorite Cowboy of all time? You know. <laughs> He's not a player, but he's my Tom Landry. Okay. That coach. He started that. He started that dynasty. Now, and people can say anything they want. Go back and look at his history. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, if you was you was to name your top five Cowboys of all time that are not currently on your team, who would they be? Tony Darsett. Oh Lord. Emmett Smith, mm-hmm. Michael Irvin, Leon Lett, <laughs> and Randy White. No, actually, I got to go with J- um, Daryl Johnson. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Daryl Moose Johnson. Okay. All right. That's um, a real Cowboys fan right there. That's a real she was she was the first one I heard mention Leon Lett. Uh, so who's your top five that's currently on your team? I don't have a top five. Mm-hmm. I, I I honestly I I don't. Uh, I am very disappointed in us right now. You know I like Sean Lee, but he stays injured. I like I want to see what Prescott does. We had Cobbs in our slot last year. I thought that was good. But I don't have a true top five that I'm going to tell you that I have right now. All right. And I know you were disappointed with your team. But how did you feel about y'all last season? Considering, I think we did well. Considering. I, I think the way they came back, you lose your you lose your quarterback, but y'all came back and y'all held it down. So I I felt like to me they put together a good season in spite of the the adversity. And Zeke was not running well. Let's be very clear on that. He was. I was like, can somebody get some Velcro and put it to his hands? Because if he fumbled one more game. Yeah, that that was that was like the um, the question of the whole season. Why is he fumbling so much? Because he because, characteristically uh, I'm a, I'm a he held on he held on to the ball his whole career. He was not a fumbler. But last season it was like, who is he? I think um, some of it was because he didn't have Zach. He didn't have Dak there because they are yin and yang. Like for real, that's it. They they are yin and yang, and Dak could run the ball that's sometimes it. to take that pressure off of him. That's it, and that's exactly what I thought. I just wanted to hear a, a, a true cowboy fan say that, but I really believe that. I was yeah. told I was wrong by somebody in a in a sports group, but I believe that that's correct. I um they used to say this not like like a couple of years ago they used to say, you know, why should we pay Dak? Dak's success leans on Ezekiel Elliott. If Zeke ain't there, Dak ain't nothing. Well, this time Dak wasn't there, and what Zeke did you get? That's what I always said. That's right. Because all he had to do was hold on to the football. He could have still been Zeke. Thank you. But they they, they are yin and yang. They they, Mm -hmm. they feed off of each other. 
and, and right. chemistry is important in football just as important in football as it is in basketball and people don't I don't think people realize that I don't know if it's because you can't see the players because they're hidden behind pads and helmets or what but chemistry but, is a valid concern it's, it's a very critical part of, of a team's success and, and that's just not in the sports arena that's in any arena oh, you can definitely. go in the entertainment arena if your chemistry within your camp is not good it's not going to work mm-hmm. same thing with your friendships if that chemistry is not good that friendship is not going to have longevity mm. that's right so so what is your expectations for this season Well, I'm not going to say what the rest of them going to say. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Can we, my expectation is for us to get out of the second round of the playoffs. <laughs> Hashtag winning if we do that. I, 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 feel, I feel you. I feel you. I'm going to have to say that was a good, pretty good. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Damon Hargrove, sports guru, mm-hmm. who was a uh, in the comments heavy um also june uh happy birthday to ryan thomas happy birthday birthday. that's my co-host we'll talk to you this tuesday and a special shout out well rest in peace to biz marquee that's what i want to say rest in peace to biz marquee blessings to him and his family his family yes yes now uh hold on somebody said something uh, Damon said last year was a total opposite, and I personally think that Andy uh, Mayberry was a joke, and he was that ain't happening. He, he said on the Andy cowgirls. Dalton. Oh, he's talking about Andy Dalton. Yeah, yeah he, he called he Andy Dalton. Andy Mayberry. He was a joke. Oh, he called him Andy Mayberry. Yeah, he calls yeah. him Andy Mayberry after he do look like from he do like he from Mayberry. Andy Griffin yeah. show Mayberry Andy North Carolina. Show, he do like it. Yeah, <laughs> we do. Had no I agree. Idea. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah, okay. I knew that. I knew you wouldn't get that old reference, Dennis. No, I, I wouldn't. Have. I wouldn't have got that one. And they be telling me I say a lot of old stuff because I always when like when I you like do. days I be working too hard. I'm like, boy, they got the butt off the duck today. Like, where you get that old reference from? That's what they always say. Like, where you get that old reference from? <laughs> from being around old people. Yeah. Old people, old spirits. Old spirits. But uh, Miss Victoria, I definitely want to thank you for coming out today. Um, Sharon, do you, do you have any more questions? Well, the last things I want to say, tell them how to get more, tell our listeners how to get more information about uh, your the team and about the league. You can, you can get more information about our team on Southern Kings, so it's southern-king.com. That's our website. Mm-hmm. We are on Facebook, Tallahassee Southern Kings. We're on Instagram, Tallahassee Southern Kings. We're on Twitter, Tallahassee Southern Kings. We will officially announce our team in Tallahassee on August the 21st. We're having a big family fun day down in Cascade Park. Um, shout out to Mario, who has been such a blessing in helping us get this prepared and ready. Um, so follow us. We're, we're about to start doing things and you'll start seeing us. You'll start hearing more from us. And we're just excited to get started. I'm excited for you. And what about the league, the basketball league? Follow them at the basketball league dot net um miss evelyn is an angel she's she's she has a god-given vision and just to see what she's doing with it you know she's the only woman black woman to own a pro league awesome that's evelyn magley the ceo of the basketball league and and i and, and i can't forget pops um, Mr. Magley, David Magley, who's the president. That's her. That's her. Pops. That's her back. That's I call, I, I call him Pops. He's my Pops. <laughs> I love him to death. Um, but you know, he supports her. He 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 has her back. I mean, just what they're doing and how they work together, man. That's just the inspiration to any couple that's trying to build. Watch those two. Awesome. 
Awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you guys for having me. As soon as you announced it, I said, I have got to do an interview with her. Remember, I hit you up. I hit you yes. up in, the, in your messenger. I was like, girl, if you need me to do anything, yes. let me know, you know, with the chocolate writer. What then happened? I was like, I told Dennis, I was like, Dennis, we can interview Victoria. She's starting a team. She's getting a team. He was like, huh? I was like, yeah. <laughs> so very happy, very, very happy. Yes, we are. But um, yeah, this this has been the side joint. We'll be happy to see y'all next Saturday, July twenty fourth. We will have on Rick Watson, who is the uh, songwriter, play director. Uh, he he he's he everywhere like broken glass. I'm telling you, this this interview next week with Rick Watson will be amazing. Um, again, I want to thank y'all very much for everything. And this is the side, John. Miss Victoria, it's been great meeting you. Hopefully we'll see you in the future. God bless. Good night.